0: day and welcome to episode 94 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I'm your host, Steve, and this time it's just me. I was the only one who went out to PAX West, so what I wanted to do was do a quick recap of everything that I got to see out there, all the games I got to play, all the cool people I got to meet, and so what it's going to really be is just the insane ramblings of a very tired boy, but I hope you enjoy it, I hope you stick with me, and I hope maybe you check out some of these games that I had the ability to, because there are a ton of cool things. Coming down the pipeline, there are some that are already out as well, and paxwells is just a great time. So before I get into it, let's do a quick bit of housekeeping. Check us out on Plus One Player on social media. So it's just at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram. We have Facebook.com/slash Plus One Player as well. Check out the website Plus One Player.com, and from the website you can get links to Twitch, which is Twitch.tv/slash Plus One Player, and a link to the Discord. Come in and join the community. We have a great group of folks. We'd love to have you, unless of course you're racist, in which case. I don't think you deserve to hear about my PAX West experience, so turn this shit off. And after that, if you enjoy the content and enjoy hanging out with us, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player, and if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every single dollar you give us goes right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. Honestly, a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. Without your help, the, the burden of you know flying out and lodging at PAX West would have been a little bit tougher, so I really, really, really appreciate your support. You guys mean the absolute world to us. And um, a huge shout-out as well to Nerdiest Brands, the sponsor of the show. So that's nerdiestbrands.com. Head on over there for some awesome nerdy gear. That's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S brands.com. And we have a 15% off discount if you enter in plus the number one discount. So plus one discount at checkout. That'll get you 15% off your amazing nerdy gear. So go check out nerdiestbrands.com. And so with that, the house is clean. Just a couple of quick things. Seattle, this is my first time out there. It was an absolute blast. I noticed very quickly that pigeons out there just really don't give a fuck about people. They pretty much treat everybody like the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. They'll just walk right up to you. They don't move. If, if they're in a crowd of pigeons and you're walking towards them, they're pretty intimidating because they don't move. So you got to walk around them. So watch out for pigeons if you're going out to Seattle for the first time. Other than that, PAX West was an incredible experience. It's very different from Pax East because it's a little bit more spread out. Where Pax East, is just kind of one big convention center. All of the theaters, all the show floors are all located in the same spot. This one, you know, you you got and you end up having convention centers. Um, excuse me. You end up having like different conferences and different panels in like hotels up the street and stuff like that. And the expo floor itself is a little bit different because it's kind of separated onto two floors. You got the fourth floor, which is broken up into two big halves. So, they had that's where you had like PlayStation, the Indie Mega Booth, the Stadia Booth, um, the Microsoft stuff, the, the Capcom, um, and also like Square Enix and stuff. And then upstairs on the sixth floor was more indie based. And there were a ton of awesome games up there. I got to play the Playdate. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So it, it's very much more spread out and led to a hell of a lot more walking. So I'm a little tired with that. But it was a great experience. I, I Honestly, I had a blast. I got to meet some, some great folks that I've been interacting with online for a while now. So it was great to kind of put a face to the name and actually interact with them in person because it turned out they've all, they're all just great human beings. So that's one of my favorite things about these events is meeting everybody out there in the gaming space and just kind of in a, you know, just having a great time. Like we're, we, it feels like we've been friends for a while because of our interactions throughout either podcasting or chatting online. And then when we actually see each other in person, it's like we've been friends for a while. So shout out to everybody who I got to meet for the first time this weekend. also shout out to folks that I've met at previous PAX events and we got to hang out on the West coast this time. So that was awesome. And a huge, huge thank you to Discord member Bisbo. Everybody else knows him as Brian. He hooked up a, such an affordable room for me. If really without him, I don't know if the, the trip would have been possible or, you know, it probably would have been possible, but it would have been way, way, way more expensive. So, Brian, thank you so much. You're such a great human being and you really helped me out. And so safe travels on your return home as well. And with that, let's get into some of the good stuff here at PAX. So I flew in Thursday morning, and the first thing that we did Thursday night was Tiny Build had a press conference, and it was an absolute blast. Open bar, serving a meal. They kept encouraging us to drink because they they weren't hitting their bar tab yet. So if you get a chance to go check out a Tiny Build conference, I highly recommend it because it's entertaining as hell. Not only do they show off some cool new games that are coming out, but they also put on a hell of a murder mystery dinner party so if you're ever in one of those situations where you get a chance to go check out a tiny build conference i cannot recommend it enough so let's get into the games first one that jumped out to me was once upon a time in roswell it's it's a horror game but it's more of a psychological horror game you're playing first person you're a detective and you're basically I, I got to play the demo of this on the show floor as well and what happens is you kind of start off he's narrating a little bit and then he ends the narration and starts your ability to actually play the game with the phrase, this is the night I was taken. So it seems almost kind of like Tarantino-ish where you're you're learning the end first and you're kind of pulling back the layers there to try to figure out what happened. Very ominous, very dark. There were a few moments, like honestly, it reminded me a little bit of PT, the, the playable trailer there that was eventually for the non-Silent Hills because... When you're kind of going down these tight corridors, sometimes you'll turn around, you'll see a little glimpse of something and it ended on the demo ended on quite a jump scare. So it looks like they're, they they said it's not going to focus too much on jump scares, more on psychological horror. But I can tell you for a fact, there's at least one jump scare in there. It looks like you're going to have multiple different levels. So like the first one I did I was just kind of in his like detective office like going through the evidence room, picking up things like that. But From the trailer that they showed at the conference, there's a lot more levels, so it looks like it's going to be kind of a fun investigation game. So any of you who kind of like those horror games, keep an eye on this one, Once Upon a Time in Roswell. And the next one, this is another one that I actually got to play as well, is uh, Not For Broadcast. And so it's like a dystopian newsroom simulator. So this, <laughs> the humor on this is a- a- excellent. And so you're just kind of the producer in the back of the newsroom, you know, setting up the camera shots, setting up everything, making sure there's no ecstatic interference. And you have to make sure that you're doing everything right to kind of keep viewers engaged and keep adding viewers to the segments. So you get great on every segment that you do. But it's it's a laugh riot. It it, it does get a little challenging in you know, the brief time I had with it. There's a lot that you kind of have to watch out for. So this is actually one that I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, in terms of simulators, <laughs> like why not do a newsroom one? And as you've kind of come to come to know from Tiny Build, humor's a big part of their games, and it's no different here. So you're still gonna see that too. And up next from their conference, they showed some Pathologic 2 DLC. It's called the Marble Nest. So this will actually be free DLC for anybody who buys the ga- the base game before the DLC is released. And they're, they're trying to get the DLC out relatively quick. No release date for sure. So any Pathologic fans, keep an eye out for that. And if you're you know interested in the DLC and you don't want to pay for it, get the base game now. It's not too expensive. The next one they showed is Black Skylands. A top-down 2D game. It looked very much like a bullet hell and you're kind of doing uh, ground and air combat. So there'll be times where you're actually flying like some aircraft and you're you're in the bullet hell and you're trying to move around and shoot everything. And then there'll be times that you're down on the ground. Looks like it's going to have an open world. It's coming in 2020 ton of weapon options, as you'd expect from these types of games. Um, So keep an eye out of that. If you're a big fan of bullet hell games, this one might scratch that itch. Then they also showed off secret neighbor so as everybody who might have heard of hello neighbor knows secret neighbor's coming out where it's going to be a multiplayer game so you're playing as these kids called the rescue squad every single kid has their own special abilities so it kind of adds to like if you're forming a squad if you play well with one particular character you kind of use your special abilities off each other and of course you're trying to avoid that pesky creepy neighbor so you're gonna watch out for him because he's very terrifying it's coming this halloween so there might be some Halloween-themed stuff in there, like perhaps a clown, so watch out for that. It looks like a really fun multiplayer game. Like, I played um, Hello Neighbor. It's challenging for sure, just because that neighbor really figures out what you're trying to do very quickly. So I can only imagine how much fun that'll be when you add a few people to the mix. And for next up, uh, for any Speedrunners fans, it's coming to Switch. Uh, I didn't see the release date, but that's coming out, I think, within the next few months. And lastly, this one, I I gotta tell you, this one might be right up our friend Bear's alley. It's called Ramen, and it's a soup throwing competitive PvP game. So you are playing it. It's like this cartoon style world, and every person that you're playing as like a chef, but they're just wearing pretty much an apron and nothing else. So keep that in mind. I highly recommend if you can find this trailer, check it out. I think they have their Tiny Build conference online, so go check this out for sure. But it looks like an absolute blast. It's a nice little change of pace from typical competitive PvP. And so you just run around, you throw soup at each other, and it looks like there's slight physics-based stuff in there. Nothing major, but there's there's some hilarious animations for sure. Like, if you get them with a good soup bomb, the apron-wearing chef just goes flying in hilarious ways. So definitely check that out if you're looking for a fun multiplayer, uh, well, competitive PvP game with some friends. Um. So no release date on that one yet, but that was kind of there. Oh wait, there's more announcement So keep your keep your eyes out for more information on that. Um, I don't remember if they mentioned if any beta's are coming, but again, just kind of follow TinyBuild and they'll, they'll they'll keep you posted. And so that was the first night. So. Packs kicks off officially Friday, and so I go over there Friday morning. It took us a little bit, because they, they were kind of getting some si- stuff situated with the fire marshal to make sure we were good to go. So we didn't get to go right in at 9 like we were supposed to, so it took a little bit longer. No worries. I mean, we got the, the passes because it was a, a media pass, so I like, really can't complain, because it's a pretty amazing opportunity. So when we finally did get to go down, I actually made a beeline for the Stadia booth to see what Stadia is all about. And of course guess who was hanging out there? Our good friend Manny, because he was doing some awesome shit with Bethesda as he's promoting Doom Eternal, because they actually have Doom Eternal being played on Stadia. Um, At the Stadia booth, they just had Doom Eternal in Mortal Kombat 11. Naturally, I went right for Doom Eternal, and I gotta tell you, I have never really been super into Doom games. I I appreciate them, I like them, but I never really went nuts on them. I know Maddo, he's probably gonna love to hear this, but because I know he for sure is picking this game up, I'm sold on it now, like, this was absolutely such an enjoyable game, it's fast-paced combat, the additions that they've made to the series feel much more modern, it, like, gives you a little bit more freedom, a little, little bit more flexibility, and a little bit more, I guess, innovation, because you can kind of string these combos together the way you like, the chainsaw, it's cool as hell, the, the flamethrower edition is awesome, and then I love, when once I kind of got the hang of the combat, finishing off enemies with the glory kills was so satisfying. The, they added, like, wall climb as well, so getting the, the, the hang of, like, the double jump, wall dash, and then, well, the double jump, then the dash, then the wall climb. It took a little bit, but once I got it, the, the movement was very fluid. So, Doom is awesome. I was sold on that for sure. I gotta tell you, I am more skeptical of stadia now that i've gotten hands-on with it than i was before doing so which is a, is a shame because like you also have to think like this is kind of their controlled environment obviously it's still like it's a convention center it, like honestly like cell phone reception down there was terrible so naturally there's probably going to be some screw-ups but there was some really noticeable stuttering and then at one point it completely crashed the game and it wasn't doom's fault it's definitely on the stadia side of things. So I am still very much wait and see on that way too much lag for a while. Like there were definitely patches where it felt like I was playing on a console, but then there were some noticeable patches where I knew for sure I was playing on some type of streaming service. And that really kind of sucks you out of the game. Like there was one time the stuttering was so bad. I was just trying to like move to see if I could get it back. And I ended up, well, the when when the frame actually came back, I was just falling off a cliff. So not ideal you don't want to have that and that's just a single player game so I can't imagine how that stuttering could affect multiplayer games um so still very wait and see on stadia I was not impressed at all from hands-on with it and so up next I went to my first appointment with Mutazione and so go check out the interviews so all the interviews like I said are on the podcast service so if you're subscribed to us literally on any podcast app you have you have links to all of those interviews So go check them all out there were some great people making some amazing games so it was a lot of fun so the first one I checked out was Mutasione it's beautiful it's very much a story-driven game it takes place over the course of eight in-game days and your character is basically living in a world that's inhabited by mutants after a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic event Uh, but this event isn't like some morbid one where everything's like evil. Like everyone's like living pretty well and you know, they're just hanging out. And so what your job is to kind of go around and talk to these people and, you know, you, you help them out with some tasks and what it really is, is you're really trying to basically bring this world back to life by planting things in gardens around the world. And each plant will have, will be tied to a mood and depending on what mood the character you're trying to help is in, that's the plant that you have to put in their garden. And, when they begin to grow they're mixed with music so it's kind of telling the story through a little definitely dialogue there's plenty of dialogue it's all just written text but it's also telling the story a lot through the the actual music as the plants grow so it's very beautiful very peaceful game um so definitely check it out they they were they were great to chat up to chat with and this one like if you're in for one of those more common games where you get some really cool scenery it's kind of, it's very much like 2d but like there is a little bit of depth how it is is when you go to a certain thing it'll just kind of like take you to the next area very nice artwork though it's unique for sure and cool characters and uh, different characters too it's it's cool to see like the post-apocalyptic game not take itself so like morbid and dire like this is very much kind of It was like, almost like, all right, well, now we're all just living here. Let's figure out how we can do things for the better. So very cool game. Give it a look. After that, I actually went over to the PlayStation booth because they were demoing Concrete Genie. And I've been looking forward to this ever since it was announced. Went hands on with it. It was great. It's very. I love how it reminds me very much of like infamous, infamous Second Son in the sense of like how a lot of that he had to like do the graffiti to unlock certain things, and so this is all based around you know you're painting things to bring light into this basically like abandoned neighborhood. Like everybody, he when it started off it was like the narration was you know everybody's given up on this town and he's like trying to bring it back to life with all these paintings and these light colors and the genies are the ones who basically you're trying to help they're the ones that they'll show up on the wall and they'll tell you what to paint like what they want to have painted the, but the game feels really smooth uh, um, it's very much like you can kind of climb on anything the the paint mechanic is a lot of fun you actually get to use the motion control for once which is cool so this is it, it sold me on it even more like I've already been looking forward to this game and now I'm, I'm definitely it's going to be the you know the day one buy for me for sure after that, I went and checked out Bravery Network Online, and that's another interview you can check out with uh, Min Taylor Beiwoo. We had a great chat after I got some time with Bravery Network, and it's it's really fun. It's it's basically you're living in this kind of world where these people just all kind of beat each other up, and they know that they're basically trying to like I guess like one up each other. They all have like unique personalities. As of now, there's going to be 25 characters, you know, depending on how the game does. They they have intentions of adding more. Uh, But check it out because it's a turn-based game. They took some inspiration from Pokemon in that aspect with some of the attack types and things like that. But the the animations are really cool. I I mentioned in the interview, sometimes when you hit an attack, the person that gets hit, the face they make, is just really fucking funny. So I would highly recommend that for any of you turn-based combat types of fans who like a lot of characters with some unique personalities because everyone felt fresh. It didn't feel like a trope of any other previous character either which was great like these were all feel like they're true to themselves unique individuals so go check that out for sure and so after that that's when i went and checked out the tiny We already talked about those games and so what i got to get hands on with which was fucking awesome went upstairs to the sixth floor Played eight. so that little yellow handheld that got announced a few months ago the one with the crank go look it up if you're if you don't know what i'm talking about they had a booth there, and we, they let us go hands-on with it. And I, it's just so cool. Like It's such a fun little concept. It's different, and the games that you're playing on it are all just kind of like these black-and-white games. And the, the game I played was Time Travel Adventures. It was completely moved by the crank. Like You didn't use the directional pad or the A and B button at all. The whole thing was using the crank. And so the, the concept of that was you had to meet someone by 3 p.m. for a date, and you had to move the crank to move forward or move it to go backwards because as you move forward you'll notice the first one's pretty easy you just get right to the person then the next one as you're going through you'll bend down pick a flower and then a bird will be coming at you if the bird hits you you die so what you have to do is go far enough to trigger the bird to come towards you then go backwards bend down so the bird flies over you then go forward once the bird has passed you so you can meet the person and you have to do that as quickly as possible so it's just so cool, like that someone tried to do something different. Like I don't know how well this will this will sell at all. Who knows? I'm curious to see the price point for sure, but I'm at this point I'm I'm sold on it. Like this will probably be a day one purchase for me just because I know they said they plan to uh, release it with I think like 12 to 15 games. I could be wrong. It might even be like up to 20. I'd have to double check that. I'm sorry, my brain is a little fried from constant moving, lack of sleep, and traveling across the country. But I would say if you were kind of interested in it when it first got announced, I think I, I would recommend it. Like that, That's all I'm saying. But it's really fun. It's a cool little concept. And their booth was awesome because they had a bunch of pictures showing kind of the development process of it. So, like, the different models that they had over time and what eventually became the, the final concept. It's really small. I got to tell you, it, like, fits directly in the palm of my hand. Uh, but I, I think it's such a cool concept, and I can't wait to see more about it. All right, and so that was pretty much the end of day one. Uh, Friday night, we went out to the What's Good Games meetup. It was a ton of fun. We got to hang out with their awesome community. Um, got to hang out with Discord members Maria and Kayla. And for those who might have saw our end game chat, Kayla was the guest on that as well. But we got to hang out with a bunch of other great people, some of the OKBs folks, and just some some people in the What's Good Games community as well. And so that was a great time. Um definitely it was really hot up there the the bar we were in like the room we were in it was unbelievably hot and then we went downstairs and it was like 40 degrees cooler it was it was a wild juxtaposition but great times were had friday night and then we go into saturday and some of the ones i checked out so backbone is one i i want to recommend to people out there it's a dystopian setting but what it is is you play like a raccoon private detective and so there's a little bit of stealth, I didn't see any combat, I don't, I can't say for sure if there's going to be combat, really what it is, is it's mostly just exploration and stealth, and so sometimes you have to like duck down and hide in the shadows to try to avoid being seen, but most of it is just kind of going around and talking to people and trying to figure out, like what I was trying to do is trying to find this missing person, and then, without spoiling too much for, for this demo, um, what I realize is after you start investigating, because you have to like talk to people to figure out how you get into a certain spot, and then when you figure out how to get in you have to go back talk to that original person and convince them to get you into that spot so it's kind of cool in terms of like it's all built around interacting with the people in the game and all the people are animals so it's like animal people very much in the style of bojack horseman i would probably put it in there's a lot of like dark humor for sure because at the end of the demo you find out that the guy that you've been looking for is dead and he's like on a fucking chopping block basically being chopped up to be served to people and so <laughs> your your character just goes whose name is howard he just goes oh man they're gonna feed this 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 poor guy like they're eating people here which i thought was a funny thing it's like they're all animals but i guess they're animal people people animals who knows but that one's really cool so backbone keep an eye on that i believe the demo is available on steam right now so go check it out and see if uh, that's a that's a game that you'd want to check that you'd want to keep playing. And so after that, I kind of went up to the Daedalic booth and checked out a couple games there. So one was Iron Danger. So go check out the interview that we did with Sammy Timonen, who's the CEO and founder of Action Squad Games. So Iron Danger, top-down tactical RPG. You control two people simultaneously, and the big thing that it has is the time manipulation mechanic. So you're able to, if you know, if you plan an attack and it doesn't really work out, you can go back in time five seconds and, like, restructure how you want to do it. It's very much point-and-click inventory management a little bit as well. There is some stealth to it. So, like, you can hide in bushes. You can, like, chop down trees to kill enemies, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then you also have <laughs> the enemies, obviously. This stuck out to me because I'm a huge Terminator fan. The enemies are all very, like, Terminator-esque Because he was saying that he actually took a little bit of inspiration from James Cameron there. And then, as you heard on the interviewer... You gotta go check it out if you haven't heard. Tank Bears. Tank Bears are in this game. So you have to check that out. Because who the fuck doesn't want to see some awesome Tank Bears. So that one was a lot of fun. And then I checked out The Suicide of Rachel Foster. So another one where it's very much you know first person. And you're trying to kind of navigate and find out... In this one, it was almost very much like What Remains of Edith Finch. Where you're trying to find out what kind of led to this, this happening. And it's very, you know, atmospheric. It's all kind of, it leaves you alone with your thoughts. Like when I was playing, there wasn't any like score in the background. So you can like hear every step you can hear, like every time you turn a doorknob, things like that. So it's very much kind of you, you being alone with your thoughts going through this game. Very much, I guess, psychological as well. Not necessarily a horror game, but it's, they kind of described it. as more of like a thriller. Um, so that's another one to kind of keep your eye on with the with the Daedalic booth. And after that, I went over to Head Up Games, and obviously you could hear my interview with Dieter where we talked about Everreach, Project Eden. So for you Mass Effect fans out there, keep an eye on this one. It's not going to be... This crazy open world, open universe experience like Mass Effect is, it's very much a a linear narrative with, you know, five to seven hours. However, he did say there are a couple of different endings you could see. Uh, There's also like, there's like two, he said, there's like two major endings, two minor endings that you could see. But the rank up tree, it's so in depth that he mentioned you're not going to be able to max everything out on one playthrough. So doing different playthroughs will allow you to kind of change how you're playing through the game the game looks beautiful the scenery is really cool the world feels lived in there's there's like little critters kind of living in it um but honestly it looks because they're a small team and only like a 15 person team and so the scenery is really really pretty um along with the soundtrack like the score i was doing one mission where i had to i guess i was doing one of like those those missions that gets you from one of the worlds to another that he had mentioned in the interview So I was riding on this glider and as I'm riding through, like I'm trying to basically zigzag between like these bombs falling down and the music that was playing was so intense. Like my palms were sweating. Like my eyes were wide open. I don't think I blinked the entire time. But then when I like took the headphones off, everyone was just watching. I was like, Oh, that looked kind of fun. And I was like, you have no idea how intense that was. So it looks really cool. There's some side missions to go along with the main missions on each different area that you'll be in so it, it'll give you something to do for sure and it looks sounds like it'll give you reasons to go back and play it a little bit more it doesn't sound like there's going to be any like you know working with a party like you have in mass effect because again you know 15 person team they can't go too crazy with like open world and things like that but the levels that they have designed i guess as you go along he mentioned they, they do get a little bit bigger and really focus on more kind of exploration so Keep an eye on that. If you are a fan of Mass Effects, you're going to have to keep an eye on this one. So Everreach, Project Eden. So go check that out with Head Up Games. And I have to mention, as you heard in the interview with Brianna, um, went and checked out Best Friend Forever, which is the dating sim that involves dogs. So you're not dating the dogs. You have to date while you maintain a dog. So when this got announced, because Pop Agenda was the one doing the marketing for it, and they had mentioned when we were booking appointments they were just like oh yeah we have an unannounced dog game if you want to get in on that knowing nothing about it other than it was a dog game so i was like yeah sign me up and then this got this got announced i believe a few weeks ago in one of the nintendo directs and so once i found out this was the game i was checking out i was like all right let's let's go do it and so i'm not huge into dating sims by any means i like the ones i've really played are monster prom and this one at this point Monster Prom was very entertaining for me. I loved the, the, the comic writing for sure, and I love the characters. And this one's no different. The The humor is amazing. I was cracking up in my, you know, 20 minutes I was playing it. because the, the premise is you kind of start with this dating app called Woofer, and you're making your profile. And when you're making your profile, the questions they ask you are just completely hilarious i don't want to i don't want to spoil that i really don't i want i'm not going to say what any of the questions were because brianna had mentioned this game's coming out on valentine's day so february 14th so keep that on your calendars and are you dating some fans or anybody who's just a fan of comedic writing so february 14th 2020 is when it's coming out but i'm not spoiling any of the the comments because honestly i was cracking up playing this it's just a ton of fun the the dog that you get that i got to interact with was cheeseball cheeseball is a great little pup she's a very good girl so i'm really looking forward to giving that a shot like i said i've I've never been a huge fan of like dating some games i just never really seeked them out but the two that i've experienced at this point monster prom and this one have both sold me on at least playing them because they're super entertaining the team is great it was great chatting with brianna they're doing a great job Uh, like the artwork is awesome the the character because you do have customization you can make the character kind of how you want in terms of personality when you answer those questions but there's like some other side characters that you that you interact with who are also very full of personality it was it was very entertaining so best friend forever keep an eye on that for any of you fans of dating sims or honestly any fans of dogs it's dog game so go support awesome dog people and then another one i got to check out was spirit fair so this one jumped out to me when it was announced at e3 Because it looks, you know, it's, like, adorable. It's, like, oh, you got this, like, you know, this person, this little cat, and nice artwork. It has, like, a really upbeat score. And beautiful artwork. Like, it really stuck out to me. But then you find out, like, what the premise is. And you're basically just doing tasks for spirits to get them to the other side. So it's, like, oh, everyone's dead. But that made me even more interested in it. So I, like, I was, like, I have to play this game. Because it kind of lures you in with, like, this adorable presentation and then it's like telling kind of these really in-depth messages and just showing i I guess kind of like the beauty of the world in terms of like interacting with folks and learning more about them helping each other it's really delivering a positive message so i would I, i after my time with it i'm even more sold on it's very entertaining where you kind of work with this this cat companion who can be ai it's also local co-op so you're able to if you're playing with someone one of you would be the part the human the other one would be the cat and you get to both kind of work together to get those tasks tasks accomplished so for anybody who had their eye on spiritfarer once it was announced i can confirm plays great it's a lot of fun very entertaining and so i think that'll be a, a definite good one for people out there after that, I went and checked out Luna, the Shadow Dust. And so this was in the indie mini booth, and it's you know a very small team. I think there's like five people that they have working on it. I got to chat with the composer of it because there's no dialogue. It's all done through just music kind of telling the story, which reminded me a lot of Journey. Because the what you're really just doing in this game is you're solving puzzles. And again, it's uh, two people. It's a human and a cat companion. A lot of cat games, which, a lot of cat and dog games, I've noticed. Which is, you know, let's just bring all the animals in. Because animals make everything better. I'm not usually a cat guy, but this cat was pretty cool. So, there you go, Christine and Kate. I You got me saying, this cat was cool on record. Congratulations. So, Luna the Shadow Dust... It was all hand-drawn animation, so the artwork that I guess at this point I guess like because Cuphead kind of made that big with all of its accolades and everything like that, and deservedly so. But this one is obviously a much smaller scale, but it's very peaceful experience. The puzzles, um, I think that they said there's going to be about twenty or so puzzles once the game is finally released. I played through five of them. They didn't take too long. I would say I probably played through five in about, you know, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But they do have intentions of releasing that with, uh, I think, about 20 puzzles. Um, Great games. Keep that on on your your wish list if you're looking for a more peaceful kind of meditative experience. If you're looking for just kind of relaxing and, and playing through something where you don't have to go too crazy. So Luna the Shadow Dust. And again, if you're a fan of cats and cat companions, then this one is right up your alley for sure. And on Sunday morning, I went and checked out Control. Now, I know Control is already out, but I haven't had the chance to play it because I was traveling and all that fun stuff. So I figured I'd take the time during the the, the media portion of the floor access from like 9 to 9.30. And I went right to the Remedy booth, the 505 Games booth, and I started playing Control. It sold me on it, because now I'm definitely going to purchase this game. Obviously, it's been getting nothing but great reviews, and from what I've seen, a lot of people are putting this in their game of the year contention. So, that already had me interested, but now that I got to go hands-on with it, the combat's cool. It's unique. I love the mix between using the power to kind of grab things, you know, all of like with gravity and like throw it at people, and then using your gun as well. There's some... Uh, there is some rank-up ability, it looks like. I didn't get to get that in depth with it, of course, but At the very least, it's very fluid gameplay. It's very action-packed. It's awesome looking as well. Like Truly a beautiful game. So that definitely sold me on it. So I will be picking up Control. And I'm looking forward to playing it. Especially because it's a shorter game. It's not one of those games you have to sink like 25 hours into. Which is something you love to hear during the busy times. Because there's a lot of games coming out, folks. So I'll definitely be uh, picking up Control sometime in the near future. And playing through that. And I'm looking forward to it. So it was great to go hands-on with that. And lastly, easily, the game of packs, hands down, undefeated, it's the Untitled Goose Game. So this actually got a release date as well. It's coming out September 20th on Nintendo Switch. It's as awesome as you could have hoped. So I don't know how much y'all have seen about Untitled Goose Games. I know it got announced a little while ago but this you play a goose whose sole job is to fuck with humans so you're running around you're honking you're picking stuff up cuz you have a to-do list like the demo I had my to-do list was like grab the keys from the gardener grab get the gardener wet move you know x y and z items onto a picnic blanket and so there is some there's a lot of strategy to it actually it's funny because like you have to go and pick up these items but if you get caught the guy will chase you down and he'll usually catch you because he's a human, so you can move a little bit faster than the goose. Uh, so this goose apparently can't fly. But what you can do then is trick him. So, like, you'll pick something up, drop it somewhere, so he goes and grabs that to put it back, and then you can go grab whatever you're doing. And I got to play on, like, the big screen because when I was waiting in line, they have, like, three on the Switch and one on the big screen. So she went to me, she's like, Are you okay with playing on the big screen? I was like, Yeah, I mean, I just want to play. She goes, Well, some people don't like playing on the big screen. I was like, Well, if I suck. At least I'm a goose and I get to honk around, so who cares? But no, it was a lot of fun. I actually, One of the people said I got relatively far in the demo so compared to other people doing the to-do list. So, good job for me. Looks like I'm a real fucking gamer. Yay. But no, Untitled Goose Game, it's just a laugh a minute. Like, I couldn't stop. But I don't think the smile left my face. It was just really enjoyable to play. It's such a ridiculous concept, but so perfect at the same time. I can see that one being a fun stream so I'm looking forward to Untitled Goose Game. That's one I will for sure be picking up. And uh, Just quickly in my last interview where I, with Pavo from Penistash Games, we were talking about World of Horror. This was awesome because it's a, kind of a turn based game with black and white coloring. There are some shaders to the colors but the most unique thing about this is all the animation was done in Microsoft Paint. I thought that was so cool. like the artwork is really really interesting it it really sets the mood for obviously it's called world of horror so it's setting the mood for some pretty grotesque things that are going to happen there are procedurally generated events so like you could play through the same you know uh, i guess mystery because there's there's going to be 15 different mysteries when it releases so you could play through the same mystery you know a few times and whatever scary person you see they could have a different face each of those times so that's pretty cool and he's a one-man crew. He's been working on this game for about three and a half years. He's also a full-time dentist, so it's pretty wild to balance being a full-time dentist and making this game. So he said in the interview, he took a little bit of time off from being a dentist so he could finish it up. But it does look like it's in the the the, the end stages, so he should be getting that finished relatively quick. So keep an eye out for that because he said it's it's getting ready to release I think within the next few months. So World of Horror, if you're into kind of horror mysteries and because the, the, the music was perfect, it almost reminded me a lot of when you go into some of those caves and Pokemon and just that type of music. So it really adds to the the the, the tension that you're feeling as you're kind of going through this this creepy world. And so I think that is just about it. For the games I saw, I didn't really have a chance to go to any panels. I was running around playing games, trying to edit some stuff back in the hotel room, and then you know, just going out, grabbing dinner with folks, hanging out with some good friends. Like I said, got to hang out with Manny all weekend, that was awesome. It's always great to see him, and he's doing great things over there at Bethesda. He's having a good time working that booth. He was spreading the good word of Doom Eternal. And like I said at the beginning, Matto, rest assured, it's great, you're gonna love it. I'm sold on it as well. But yeah, I mean, that was pretty much PAX in a nutshell. It was a long few days. I'm very tired. Played some amazing games. I got a lot to look forward to now. And I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to just have all the time to play these games. But luckily, the good thing is I saw a lot of games that were on the shorter side of runtime, which is just so refreshing. All you amazingly talented game devs out there, don't be afraid to keep making these 5-10 to hour games. We really appreciate it as the ones playing it. But in all seriousness, uh, a huge thank you to all of the talented, hardworking devs out there who are making these cool passion projects. I know that was one of the things I noticed from uh, everybody I interviewed, that it, it really just comes from such a place of passion. Like They've been wanting to make this specific game for so long, and so they just go out and do it. And then they, they turn out these amazing pieces of art, these creations that have—they gave me a ton of enjoyment this weekend. And I can see a bunch of them giving me a lot of enjoyment in the future once I get my hands on them for real. And just uh, an all-around amazing weekend. It's it's tiring but energetic at the same time. You come home and you're a little bit more energized. You're a little bit more ready to kind of tackle more projects, things like that. But I had a blast. I I really recommend it to anybody who's thinking about going out to PAX West. Highly recommend heading out there. Seattle's an awesome city. It really was beautiful. I, I lucked out. Didn't get any rain out there. It was pretty much like sunny and 70 the whole weekend. And no humidity, which is... Something I'm very thankful for living in Massachusetts because a lot of humidity out here, but yeah, it was a hell of a weekend and I look forward to seeing some of these same folks out at PAX East next year. So if the same thing, if you're on the West coast and you've been thinking about making the trip to East, you guys should come out here and we have a good time playing games out here, checking out the scenery of Boston, doing all that good stuff. So to all the friends uh, that I've got to hang out with this weekend, thank you so much for making it one. I will never forget. To all the new friends I made as well, hello. It was great getting to meet you. You guys are all just amazing people. I, and like Honestly, it was so refreshing to be in this this huge environment with so many people, but it felt like everybody always had something to talk about with each other. So shout out to everybody who I interacted with this weekend. You guys really made it one for the books. Never going to forget it. And I think this, is little, this will be where I wrap up. I, I, I'm sure I'm missing some things because, like I said, it's just been a whirlwind of a few days. I'm very tired. But if you've been sticking with me listening, you know, if you've been sticking with me this far, that's amazing because it's just been the insane ramblings of a very tired Steve. So I do think it's time that we close it out. Also, shout out to our other sponsor, Evil Tim Industries. Evil Tim Industries, makers of the flightless plane since 1982. If you'd like to sit on a runway... And drive in circles for hours on end without ever actually reaching your destination, then you fly Evil Tim Industries. More work for your mouth. Thanks, Evil Tim. Love you, buddy. So it is time to wind down episode 94. If you've enjoyed my absolutely insane ramblings of an amazing weekend at PAX West 2019 out in Seattle, then think of heading on over to patreon.com/slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two. Because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show, and it helps us do awesome things like go out to PAX West and cover these amazing games created by some even more amazing people. So think of becoming a Patreon supporter. We would absolutely love to have you. And if you've enjoyed this or anything else, head on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, PocketCast, whatever it is, leave us a like, subscribe to us, and write us a review. It goes a long way, and we really appreciate the support. And so as my eyes begin to droop because I'm still very tired, I do wind down episode 94. I hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you all very soon.